yes, we are. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Yes. Um, so in terms of resilience, yeah, we had technical issues on Friday that were holding us back. We had a variety of other things that just kind of creeped in. But you know what? It's okay. We, you know, we talk about backups on top of backups. And you know what was interesting? Our backups didn't work. So our backups on top of back. But you know what? We we managed it. We tried something new. I did lip reading for the first time. So as Brendan was speaking, I was I was because my audio his audio cut out on my end. Uh, but luckily the audio is there, and we're going to be posting that very soon. But super excited talking about resilience. You know, just looking at what's happening in the world. We talked about consistency. We talked about just committing to a vision and to a dream, right? As we go into almost November, we're about a week away from that now, a week away from Halloween too. Um, you know, the one thing that I've, I've noticed in the world is from, from, a, from an emotional perspective, I feel like there's a lot of division right now, you know, based mm. on what's happening in the Middle East, based on what's happening and how, like just, you know, this it's just an interesting time right now. So we thought resilience and, and testing that I'm sure you have must have incredible stories of building up resilience in, in the middle of Mongolia, right? Like just the fact that you were on. Absolutely, John. Absolutely. So for everyone listening out there, I just got back from uh, a Western Mongolia trip and uh, it was an off-grid trip and off-grid, not by choice, because there literally is no internet where we were. We were the furthest west that you could take a plane, take another plane, take a, a WAZ, which is a Russian vehicle that sort of navigates through all kinds of terrain. And uh, we got to a, a very remote place in Mongolia. And then what we did is we migrated with the nomads from their winter sort of from their summer location to their winter location. So in the summer they're higher up in the mountains, and then in the winter they come down uh, with all of their animals. And John, you want to talk about resilience? I can tell you, every second of every day was a challenge of resilience, a challenge of reaching in deep, and a challenge of looking around at the beauty of the landscape and everything that was around us and completely disconnected from the real world. Like it both from an internet perspective, from a phone perspective, from a family perspective. But when you do that, wow, do you get to go inside of yourself and see the beauty that's within the tools that you have at your, at your fingertips at any time. And then of course, look to the community that's with you on this crazy adventure to help you along the way. So I have, I'm just spilling with stories and excitement and, and also overwhelm. I'll, I'll be honest with you, John, coming yeah. back, hearing the news, you know, getting pieces of it as I was returning back, I'm quite overwhelmed with both emotion and also um, sadness for what's happening in the world right now. So it is, yeah. whew, that's it. I gotta take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, what's interesting, like you must have, from a mindset perspective, you must have really been tested up there in the hills, right? Like just, so having, not having internet, okay, so we're back in the 80s, right? There's no internet. <laughs> so it's like you, you, you went back two or three decades and there's like no more internet. And, but from a mindset perspective, you know, what did you do to stay grounded through all of that? Mm. I, that, that's, and I'm sure you know people that are looking and listening to to us right now. 
they're wondering, you know, how do you stay grounded when you feel like you're disconnected from the rest of the world? Well, let me give a visual of what I was experiencing so everyone can sort of, you know, see through my eyes or my vision of what my world looked like for a few weeks. And so we arrived at this, the, the grounds and our campsite, and there was uh, 27 of us that were traveling together. And then the support staff was another 20 people. I think we quadrupled the population of that valley uh, just with those numbers. It was overwhelming. And we were traveling with a nomad family from their winter location to their summer location. So there was camels, yaks, goats, sheep, dogs, horses, cows. So the, and there was, uh, I think 1100 animals in total and they were surrounding all of us. There was wild horses everywhere. There was wild goats. Like it was just, it was just animals. We were in a different part of the world for sure. And so you first, you know, you set up your camp, you go into your tent and you realize that when the nightfall comes, it's going to be really cold. Mm. And you, I looked at my, my carry on, cause I was so happy I'd care. I brought carry on only. And I realized that was not a good decision because I was going to be wearing all of my clothes for the whole week just to stay super warm and, and connect and uh, warm really that that was the most important thing. So, you know, you immediately step into this new world and it's almost like accessing a new portal in life. Mm. You you step into this other world and leave the the old world behind. So, you know, your family connections, you've made all of the arrangements to make that happen for you. You have the support system that you need. And so I was really able to completely step into this new adventure and decide okay, I have all of the resources within me to get through this. I don't know which ones I'm going to pull on, John, but I have them all. And, you know, me and you, we both know that this is a presupposition for our NLP training. And I had to pull on every single belief system on, I have every resource I need to support both the people I was traveling with and myself. But I wanted to give everyone this visual of where I was because it was, and, and by the way, there was no trees. There is only little grass and so no trees. So it's like a winter desert out in Mongolia. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Wow. So, wow. Like as you're like, I'm painting the picture in my head in terms of what that looks like <clears throat> for the rest of you. I'm not a big fan of the cold. So that would have been a struggle for me. I think I would have been wearing like three or four Canada goose jackets just to keep warm. I don't even know if you can put a Canada goose jacket in a carry-on. <laughs> but, but definitely, you know, being tested that way, it definitely builds personality, it builds character, right? Yeah. So you talked about some NLP processes that you used to stay grounded. So share with the audience what one or two of those processes were. Yeah. You know, the question that I had to ask myself is what are the inner resources that I can draw upon? So things that I've already accomplished in my life that were difficult when I accomplished them, maybe not the same or even close to being the same, but moments where I didn't think I could do something and then I did it. And when I drew on those resources, when I reflected on those times, I realized that I actually had 
what I needed to get through. And it allowed me then to ask the same question of some of the people that I was traveling with that also were struggling with the cold, the food, the traveling. You know, we, we migrated a hundred kilometers uh, to the summer location and it was over three days and you either did it via horseback and herded the, herded the animals. You walked with the animals or you were on the camp duty where you set up camp. So each day you were traveling about uh, 25 kilometers, but 25 kilometers, sorry, about 30 kilometers, um, but 30 kilometers, sometimes they turn into 35 kilometers if you went the wrong way. So it was, it wow. was really, really fantastic um, from that, from a traveling oh. perspective. Yeah, yes. go ahead. How do you navigate without GPS? <laughs> right? Like you said, like I, I'm, I'm thinking there's no internet. There's no connectivity to the rest of the world, right? So I didn't mean to cut you off. But as you're traveling, like how do you even know? You know, I, I, I remember having like a Pearly's map, but I'm sure there's no Pearly's map. for. There's no Pearly's map there. <laughs> there's no roads there. So you're, you're actually looking for signs of life that have traveled before you. And there was actually a moment where there was a fork in the road or there was a, a you know, you could go left around a mountain or right around a mountain. And that exact question came up and we were in a group and I, and, and this is where, you know, confidence in your own ability to read the land. And I'm not a land reader, like I live in the city, but to read what, you know, take all the resources that, you know, and it felt like we should go left, but the animals were going right. And I'm like the animals, and it wasn't our herd. It was a different herd completely. And I said, the animals know something we don't know. I'm going to follow the animals. And I thought to myself, there's, if we go wrong, what's going to happen is that someone's going to have to come find us and it may take a few hours. And so I did an inventory check. Do I have my nightlight? Do I have enough food? Will I be able to stay warm? The answers were kind of sparse on all three of those, but they were still yeses. And so we, we continued on our way and we went and followed the animals and it turned out to be the right way to go. Um, and it was also the river. We were following the river down the mountain. So those two sort of navigation points wow. were what we used. And so, you know, that's a really important piece is oftentimes in entrepreneurship and business, we don't know which way to go. We don't know the how, but you, there's someone ahead of us that knows the way that's done what we've done before. And so that community of like-minded people or reaching out or looking at the world and saying, all right, where can I learn what someone else has already learned before me. So that's how I went inside. I said, I think this is it. And you know what I got feedback? I got feedback from the people that are traveling with me is, I trust you, Heather. I trust that you're making the right decision and I'm going to follow. And I was scared shitless when they said that because I'm like, if we get lost in the mountains, it's a long it's you, way. Yeah. It's on me. And there's no, there's no, you know, setting up tents and just, you know, hunker down for the night. There's no caves that you could go hide in. It was literally, you'd be out in the open and it was yeah. about minus 15 at night. So that would be quite, um, quite dangerous quite dangerous yeah no for sure um sorry i just want to take a second and say happy monday felicia welcome uh happy to have you here um but you're right you know so being entrusted with all of that and you know following and going with intuition right yeah. like who knows to, you know they say don't follow the herd but in your case it kind of makes sense to go follow the herd no, follow the herd. Follow the herd. <laughs> you your life. They, you know, and if they've been on the trek before, right? Like, what's amazing about animals, right? And I think about my dogs, right? So when we go for a walk, and 
you know, I want to go one way, but they've already, we've already set a pattern in and around my neighborhood. They know which way to go because it's already built in, right? Like it's ingrained. So it must have been the same with those, those animals that were traveling to the mountains that have done the migration before. They just remember, right? They, they, they remember. And like, just visualize this, like, uh, I think it was 80 yaks and their little babies and the baby wants to stay with the mom, but the mom, the babies get separated. So you've got all these little two and three month old baby yaks running around looking for their moms and they've never done the migration before. So they're just following all of the adults and the moms just keep going. They're resilient. They keep trekking and they know yeah. that their babies will find them. And it was just so beautiful. But John, there was you know, this community of travelers, and I've done four trips with Wayfinders, and I'll give a shout out to Wayfinders because they are fantastic, amazing trips, uh, reaching both inside and finding places in the world that are still untouched and uh, wow. doing tourism quite differently. But one of the things that we did, and I think this is a really powerful exercise, whether you're being a team or a community or anything, is we created and we talked about a set of shared values of how we were going to show up for each other and for ourselves. And Mike did an amazing job of setting those expectations right from the beginning. Even though you're with like-minded travelers, you may not have the same expectations of what travel looks like. And so I want to share what those are because there's just like all these tidbits of amazing stories. But again, these lessons are, are, are transferable to any community that you're part of. And so here's the Wayfinder value that we 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 uh, lived and, and elevated up throughout our whole trip. The first one was embrace the unknown. Let me tell you, that was like a no-brainer. It was every second of every day was embrace the unknown. The next one was look within. Look within yourself. Look within, you know, how you're showing up, how you're feeling. What's the emotions that are coming up for you? And then the third one was drop the mask. You know, we share, we wear these masks. We, we, we show up in the world all kinds of ways. You know, I said to you before we came on screen, I'm looking at myself on screen yeah. and I don't recognize myself because I've been no makeup, no glasses, no hair done, a toque, actually two toques and a big hoodie on top of myself for the last like 18 days. So you're dropping that mask and showing the world the vulnerable side of yourself. The next one is seek to serve. This one was a beautiful, beautiful mm -hmm. one. Always looking for an opportunity to help someone else when they're having a challenge. And then, of course, the last two, some in the village, we're not alone. And, and then the very last one, which was, again, super easy to do, is have fun. No matter how crazy of a time it is, have fun doing exactly what you're doing and be present in that moment. So, mm -hmm. you know, those six values activated a community of entrepreneurs and adventure seekers to be the best version of themselves. And it was the most beautiful thing to see, but I immediately saw the connection to teams, to, you know, people in the workplace. Imagine that we embrace those values in any community that we're part of. And John, I don't know if there's any one of those that stands out for you that you're like, I love that one. I'd love yeah, no, well, actually, I love them all. But the, the well, the two stick out with the mask and just being present in the moment, right? Yeah. And actually, being present in the moment ties back to some of the work that we've done in NLP because one of the things that we're taught is to really just be present. And when you're present in the moment, when you're like fully present in the moment, because what ends up happening for a lot of us is we're somewhere else all the time. And I'm yeah. sure while you were up in the hills in Mongolia, there was like, you couldn't be anywhere else. You weren't worried about, you know, uh, you know, is, 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 
you know, is that particular deal going to fall through? Is, am I going to get this new client? Am I, you know, am I going to get the laundry done today? Is, <laughs> no, I was thinking, is my laundry going to be frozen if I do it today? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, being in, like, there's just so much to be said for just being in the moment, right? Like just listening and really just being present. And, you know, what I found is even over the last three and a half years, you know, we were always thinking about how do we, what's next? How do we get past this? And, we, and you know, at the beginning, what was really interesting, at the end, of, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were loving it, right? Like this is, the whole world's on a break, right? And we're in the moment and we're, we're enjoying ourselves. And then we just lost it. We started thinking about what's going to happen next, right? And then the media comes, comes in and kind of destroys everything for us a little bit. And, you know, terrifies us in terms of what's going to happen next. And here we are. We're still here. This is how resilient the world is, right? But being in the moment is, is so important. And if it's a skill that you can hone, and I'm sure you're, you know, it, it's one thing to talk about being in the moment, but you had no other choice but to be in the moment. A hundred percent. Right. 100%. And that's why these, these trips are non-negotiable for me, because I have to remove myself from the normal activities in order to get the full value of being present. And you don't have to go on a crazy trip like I do. You can, you know, do meditation every day. You can, I, I know my husband, he goes to Vespasana, which is a 10 day silent meditation retreat. There are other ways to get the same experience, but you know, anyone listening out there, have you been able to put your phone away for 24 hours and not look at it? It's really, really hard to do. But I'll tell you, the gifts you can give yourself by doing that are, and, and your family, your family needs you. Your family wants to be uh, in your presence and wants you to be present. And almost everyone on that trip took that lesson away yeah. uh, that they'll go back and be more present with their family. So, you know, and again, you don't need to go on these trips to make that happen. You can hear my story and hear other stories of what it takes to say yes, to be present to the ones that, that love you and you love them. Yeah, no, I love that. Listen, it's, it's so from, from, uh, you talk, you touched about the phones, right. And just being present. And we have a rule here in my house is where we're at the dinner table, there's no phones. Right. Mm. You know, what kills me. And actually, you see it today. Right. It's in television shows. It's it's in the real world where people are on their phones. They're two people in front of each other, both on their phones. Right. Like, just put the phones away. Actually, my wife said she was going to take my phone and she was going to hide it for 24 hours. So it's interesting that you said, you know, <laughs> for 24 hours. Uh, just let her tell her to message me beforehand. So I won't even worry about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. But, uh, you know, it's so important, right? Like just, and here's the thing. And actually, you know, what's showing up for me as you're saying this is, you know, our, our trip here is so short, right? Our journey in life is so short. Like just, mm -hmm. you know, even if you're present for like 60 or 75% of it, you're going to have an enriching life, right? And, you know, your trip kind of, it, it, it gave you no other choice, right? Like you had the choice of going on the trip. So you took the trip, but once you were there, you had to, you had to abide by the rules of the world, right? Like the rules of the universe in terms of survival. Cause even if you had your phone, it would have been useless for you. Yeah. Right. It completely you useless. To, yeah. You couldn't connect to the world. You could take photos. Well, completely yourself. useless in that we didn't have power to charge it. So it wasn't <laughs> yeah. even on. 
once it was done, it was done. Power packs are done. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure with the coal too, like that's it. Yeah. They would have drained really easily. But you know, yes, you don't have to put yourself in extreme situations, but it's a good practice, even if you do for five to ten minutes a day. Yeah. Right. Well, what Just I learned from the up. Mongolians and and it was such a beautiful lesson is they are creating something out of absolutely nothing. They use every resource of the land that's available to them. We were sleeping in handmade camel sleeping bags. You know, everything was, was uh, from the land. And it was such a beautiful thing to see that they're, they weren't worried about where their next meal was coming from. They weren't worried about warmth. They, they had a process to make sure that they were taking care of all of those things. And so then they spent time making beautiful music, singing beautiful songs. They didn't have TV. They didn't have the internet. They have, you know, traditions that are passed down. And they shared so many of those with us. And we got to share, you know, some fun games like rock, paper, scissors with the kids of the, of the, of the nomad families. And, you know, we actually went into a little village of 2000 people at one point and we, we brought lots of candy for the kids. The whole school came out to, to meet us. It was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And they were so happy to practice their English with us. And it was just so beautiful to be in a community that they are there for each other. And, you know, I think that's, what's missing in the world, John, the, 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 the pandemic put us all into our homes, created scarcity, created fear. And there's nothing to fear if we all live to be the best version of ourselves. And if we can be part of a, a community that does that, let me tell you, everything is possible. Everything that you need is right there at your fingertips when you decide that it's there, that you can have gratitude for it. I was so thankful for that camel sleeping bag. I was so thankful for clean water. I was so thankful for amazing meals that were made out of nothing. Like, I don't even know how they made these meals. It was fantastic. I don't want to know how those meals were made. <laughs> so Heather, take it away. So I've been doing the takeaways over the last couple of Fridays. I'm going to give you the opportunity to give us our takeaway for today. Absolutely. So, you know, this week, here's the, the question I want you to ask yourself. What are the resources that you need to do something that's difficult? Something that you want to say yes to, but you're a little bit scared. What's a resource that you have within you already that you can draw upon? And just journal about that this week. It's going to be an amazing journaling exercise, but it'll give you the power you need to level up to the next level. So yet, say yes to something that scares you. Yes. Excellent. Well, thank you, Heather. And just remember, when you shift your mindset, you shift your life. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of the Say Yes Movement Podcast. Wishing you all a great one. Talk to you all soon. Take care.